0: As many as 75% of adolescent boys are unhappy with their bodies. We've talked about boys and body image. Today we're talking about how to help boys develop healthy bodies and a healthy body image.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
0: This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We're your co hosts, Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com and Jennifer L.W.
3: Fink of BuildingBoys.net. I get to talk to Janet every week and share with her some of my boy raising frustrations and get encouragement and input. And now, listeners, you can too. Her Decoding Your Boy program includes monthly support and the themes are everything that you are worried about. School and homework, screen time and video games, siblings, the importance of dad. Janet, you've got everything here. You know, I've
0: been listening to parents for what, 20 years now, and things center around a theme. And we know that there's always the boy development questions and the boy communication questions, but wrapping them around a theme actually enables us to get our heads around it. So decoding your boy is a monthly program. You can join any time throughout the year, and we get on Zoom together. You are live with me. This is not recorded videos. It's not a course. This is what's going on for you right now. What are your questions? I'm going to be answering them. We're going to be doing some coaching together. It is on the spot, real time with me live. I want you to be able to forge that deeper relationship with him that you have long desired and that you all deserve to have. So go to boysalive.com decode. No matter what time of the year you're hearing this, you are welcome. You can join us. We meet on the 1st and 15th of every month. Decoding your boy, less yelling, more connecting. Isn't that what we all want, Jen? It's what I want. Boysalive.com slash decode and join a global community of like-minded parents. See you there.
3: As many as 75% of adolescent boys, that is three out of four, are dissatisfied with their bodies. And that dissatisfaction leads many of them to TikTok and Instagram, where they encounter unrealistic images of chiseled abs and chest and shoulders, and workout and nutrition programs that influencers swear will help them get that body. Our boys are just as susceptible to body image pressure and bad dietary and fitness advice as we were. And as many of us still are, frankly, We have talked before about boys. We've talked about body image, nutrition, supplement use. Today, we're going to talk about how we can help our boys develop healthy bodies and a healthy body image. And joining us are Charlotte Markey, author of a new book, Being You, The Body Image Book for Boys, and Ed Frauenheim, a repeat on Boys Guest and author of Reinventing Masculinity the liberating power of compassion and connection. Welcome you two. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much.
3: All right. Why, until really recently, has there been so little discussion of boys and body image and boys and men and eating disorders? Well, I think it's because we've been asking the wrong
1: questions for a long time. So we have been asking girls about weight loss and concerns about their appearance and wanting to be smaller. And when we started doing research and asking boys those same questions, it seemed like they weren't resonating, they weren't because a lot of times boys weren't trying to lose weight and they weren't worried about being smaller because they're growing up in a world that tells them to be bigger and to Mm -hmm. be more muscular. So the research has gotten better over the last 10 to 15 years. And I think we're asking the right questions. And I also think some boys are starting to finally talk and admit that these are concerns. Because we have feminized this issue for so long, boys are afraid to admit mm. that it's a concern for them.
2: I, I think Charlotte's totally on, on point there. And just to add to that, Jen, I think another, Factor is the way that social media in recent years has intensified the issue, especially during the pandemic, where there's a lot more time people, young men and boys are spending on screens and, and seeing these influencers, as you mentioned at the outset, Jen, just create these bodies that are almost impossible to create, but, but that make a lot of other boys feel insecure about their bodies in uh, that sort of culture of comparison. So I think that when connect what Charlotte's saying about uh, asking the right questions um, with this sort of intensification of of the male gaze or the teen boy gaze at each other, largely uh, through social media, that's where we we kind of have put us in this problematic situation today.
0: Speaking of social media, I asked in my Facebook group, what are your boys saying and I put the 75% in there and and what are you hearing from your boys? And one mom Megan responded and she said, "My 13-year-old has been dissatisfied with his body since about 11." So probably about the time he was tuning into social media. He's a tall and sturdy kid, but not overweight. He's been in the 95 percentile since he was born. He'll probably be well over six feet when he's fully grown. He frequently tells me that he weighs too much. And I don't know where that comes from. We don't talk about weight at home and neither has this doctor, but he feels it regardless. He's 13.
1: Yeah, it's incredibly common. And it's so frustrating. I know to see this, especially if you're a parent who's been really thoughtful and careful and trying to do everything right when it comes to these issues. And then you see your kids concerned anyways. Um, But, you know, there's research suggesting that even among six-year-old boys, about 50% of them start saying that they would look better with muscles, that boys and men with more muscles look better. And I mean, six year olds don't have muscles really. So, right, right. Um, right. You know, I it, mean, even, even so your young.
3: strongest six year old <laughs> is not going to look like a superhero. It's just no. biologically, anatomically, that's not how they're created. Jen, you mentioned superheroes. I was
0: gonna ask. So how much of this is tied in with the Marvel the Marvel world and the Marvel men. The Marvel men. And how do we separate that out for our boys? I
1: mean, I think this is a really kind of easy one to talk about with kids. Some of this can be touchy and more awkward, I know, for parents, but Talking about superheroes and sort of how unrealistic some media is, um, I think is really important. And even young kids can understand that conversation and they might not internalize it right away. That's why we want to start early and often. Um, You know,
3: know, they're going to be getting messages It seems like it should be easy to say, well, you know how Superman doesn't really fly? He doesn't really look like that. It seems like it should be easy, but it's almost harder because our kids do realize, and partly due to, you know, magazines and social media, there are human males who turn themselves into this for the movie. If they can do it, so can I. And on some level, you know that that's uh, absurd for a six-year-old, but he thinks maybe someday. And the 14-year-old thinks, well, if I follow that workout and nutrition routine, maybe someday, you know, when they're reading stories online
1: about Chris Pratt losing 60 pounds in in six months um, to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, then it seems like, oh, okay, I can do that. But I think we need to remind our kids that that's their job. That is what they're doing for six months. Mm -hmm. If you do nothing else for six months, but go to the gym, work with a personal trainer and a personal chef, you might stand a chance of being able to do what Chris Pratt did. But when you're a kid, your job is to go to school and to focus on learning and set yourself on a path towards adulthood that's healthy. And going to the gym all day long is not in the cards.
2: And also another thing that strikes me about the issue is the way that those body images have actually gotten more extreme over the last couple of decades. And and I think Charlotte, your, your book alerted me to this fact that like even like the figurines Thing, uh, of of superheroes, uh, and in the movies we see it too, like th- that the bodies are more chiseled, the biceps are bigger, uh, the abs are more d- defined. It makes it even harder for, for for young men today to kind of navigate this this territory. And when you see those kind of images, and that's probably part of what has motivated the the actual people in these in the world these influencers. Uh, but but, you know, they're not having a good experience either. You know, I think that The New York Times just did us a service along with, with Charlotte's book with uh, an article this recently that talked about how you know, those influences themselves are struggling mentally and socially. They can't fit in. All they do is work out. They're always worried about their bodies. You know, it's a pretty sad portrait of what what comes from obsessing about this body image stuff.
3: You know, I I read a different article recently, which I'll put in the show notes that talked about a common, but not commonly known secret is that a lot of the uh, actors, athletes, and influencers that people encounter on Instagram, on TikTok, they are using steroids. So even for the genetically blessed people that have the budgets and other people paying for the personal trainers and, and all this time at the gym it still doesn't necessarily happen in a way that is healthy for your body. And that is such a difficult message to get across to, you know, Janet, a 13-year-old boy who just wants to look what he deems attractive. Attractive and
0: like the other guys, you know, it's, I mean, they are definitely influenced by social media, but there's also just the peer pressure of the kids sitting next to them in, in seventh grade and that place where, our boys develop so radically differently, different yes. timeline for each boy. Charlotte, how do we communicate that for our seventh grader who's sitting there going, uh, I don't have any muscles? And look at that guy, he's ripped. And, he and just he's happened- got a
3: mustache.
0: And he's got a mustache. <laughs> I mean, it is so middle school is so, so radically different in body types for girls, but but I think boys, we know boys develop later. I'm just remembering the day I dropped my daughter off at ninth grade, first day in high school, and to see these, you know, voluptuous girls and these boys that still look like they should be back in elementary school. And by the time they're all seniors, the boys have pretty much caught up. But to be that I'll put it in air quotes little boy walking into high school in ninth grade I mean and maybe Ed you can speak to this too just from being a guy of like what is that like and you're looking around at these other guys and maybe you are into sports maybe you're not but you kind of want to look like everybody else
2: I'll jump in on the personal side, Janet, because you described me to a T. <laughs> unfortunately, oh. I, will say, I, I wanted to say unfortunately, but no, I, I'm going to challenge my own self uh, loathing there. But I was that little kid uh, in ninth grade still. I was like one of the latest bloomers, latest puberty guys. Uh, and a lot of my friends, as soon as they hit puberty or even a little bit before, started going to a, a gym. Uh, and And I felt that pressure. And I also, at that point, you know had kind of a fixed mindset about sort of strength and muscle stuff and, and i didn't really believe that i i could become more than a relatively skinny guy um and uh it was a source of, of of kind of some shame and anxiety for me through through sort of the early parts of high school especially so i think i think you're right about that and and i am and would be curious about kind of what advice you would give charlotte to parents and, and, and boys wrestling with with those those questions
1: Yeah, I want to just step back really quick to comment too on your remark about steroid use because we seem to think that that's just professionals or athletes and a national representative survey that was done just recently um, in the US found that 3% of boys are using steroids and another 7% or so are using supplements. Um, Mm. So so it's it's seeping in to younger uh, populations Mm -hmm. as well, because as you said, this is not, these images are not realistic, they're not possible. Um, We're all really constrained by our physiology in terms of how tall we're gonna get, how big we're gonna get, how muscular we're gonna be. Um, And yet the cultural messages we constantly get are, you know, if you just work a little harder, or if you just try this, or you just yes. buy this product, mm-hmm. then you can make yourself into this uh superhero action figure in real life. And that's not how this really works. And so then, yeah, kids are going to start to turn to supplements or um even steroids. And so I think we really want to be careful how we're talking about these issues in our home and In terms of advice for parents, I I can kind of categorize it into like big picture advice and then some behavioral advice. And the big picture advice is really in sync with everything Ed talks about in his book, which is just how are we talking about masculinity and what it means to be a man? And are we challenging the culture in terms of you don't need to be a superhero either literally or figuratively, right? You don't need to look like one. You don't need to be stoic and strong like one. You don't need to man up or not be a wimp. You can be vulnerable. You can have feelings. You can be connected with other people. Um, You don't need to embody masculinity in these really stereotypical ways.
3: So enlarging our ideas and expanding our boys' ideas as well as to what a man can look like what a man can can be because you, you're right so many there's this picture that pops into our head and most guys don't fit that picture there's such a wide variety of men just as there are women and that is a beautiful thing but that that level of diversity is not celebrate that maybe draw attention to that in our own homes communities and families we can start moving the needle and part of it, too, is looking
0: at if, if you are not adopted, if you're in your family line, look at grandpa, look at uncles. And, you know, maybe there there are some strong superhero types. But, you know, if I were to look at my family, the men in my family, it's like, yeah, we're just kind of pretty average and but
3: that's exactly the kind of thing that frankly depresses most teenagers. Janet, let's be well real. true. And like, <laughs> I remember being 16 and my mom told me you look just like my sister. And according to my mom, her sister was gorgeous. I didn't see this aunt from the age of six to 16 because she moved away. And when I saw her. She uh-uh. was a middle-aged woman and I did not think she was gorgeous. And so to tell a 14 year old boy to look at your grandpa, or your uncle. And he's like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah,
0: you're right. I'll I'll, I'll take that point, Jen. I'll take that point. But, but I mean, uh, it's more like, you know, people in our family are not six feet tall. There's that. It's
1: recalibrating expectations, I think. Thank and you, that's Shania. really important, right? <laughs> so yes. if the expectations that boys are getting because they're on social media, or they're going to the Marvel movies that are out I feel like they're out like five times a year now um then their expectation is just for a completely different embodiment of manhood but that's where it's useful though. Like, you know I tell my son it's like your dad's five nine and I'm five four and a half so odds of you, yeah, you know six
3: five very yeah. slim
1: child <laughs> you know just like keep it in mind like yeah. you're you know he's he's five ten now like that maybe it
2: yeah good job boy yeah. you know yeah. I do want to kind of give a little bit of a defense to the Marvel movies in, in another er, er, arena, because I think they are trying to provide a bit more of that diversity of emotional intelligence, say, and vulnerability. Some of that uh, has come through in some of the, the characters, like Iron Man and, and Spider-Man. Um, but I do think that you know it's not getting at the that body image uh,
3: mm. core. You know, that's, you know, so
2: that's super interesting.
3: Ed, it's almost like culturally we can make a move in one realm. So, all right, we're going to add emotions, but we can't possibly do emotions and a realistic body image. You can, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can be sensitive if you look like
2: The Rock. Right. And he is becoming one of the most sensitive actors in different movies he's in. So uh, I think that's interesting. And and just to pull the thread forward to, to um, adult males, you know, I think what Charlotte's work has done for me is kind of point out that we, as men, we often don't even uh, acknowledge how we're affected by these these stereotypes, we... and that we are we kind of feel crappy about ourselves because we're not looking like that that uh, perfect body. You know, even though if I'm a I'm a generation older or two from from the, the teenagers of today, I'm 54 now, but I still think that we have this expectation to be super strong and and invincible in a way. And uh, as I mentioned, some of you know I, I had a heart attack last year partly because I was trying to, you know, live out that impossible stereotype of being invincible and, and, and kind of unstoppable and working too much. You know, that's not healthy. And, and I think. Listeners,
3: I know that you sometimes feel like your home is bursting with the boundless energy of your boys. Mine has been for a very long time. We want to tell you about Home Threads where style meets the wild adventures of raising boys. At HomeThreads.com, you can find a collection of uh, furniture and home accessories designed to meet the needs of your growing boy family. They have everything from durable bunk beds to upscale gaming tables. You can turn your home into an attractive, durable playground, believe it or not. Uh, Janet and I both love their baking dishes. Solid, beautiful, functional. Anything you need for your home, you can likely find on homethreads.com. And we have a discount code for you. Go to homethreads.com slash onboys. You can get a code for 15% off your first order. Because every leap, laugh, and loud moment deserves a space that embraces the chaos with style. Home threads, love where you
2: live. If we can have those conversations about what is a healthy way to treat your body, to develop your body, to be fit uh, early on and and to to see that we can have limits to that that. that's important.
3: I think that is one of the big issues with boys, teens, and uh, young adult males we are growing up. Most of us, we've grown up in the society that is very fat phobic. You don't want to be fat. You, you know, so there is this, you want to be fit, which we define as thin and, you know, healthy is working out and eating well, but sometimes, especially for boys, this can tip over into obsession. And so a parent might think, oh, good for him. You know, he's 13. So he's working out really hard and he's eating clean, But Charlotte, that can turn into a problem. Yeah, it can really snowball
1: and turn into a problem pretty quickly, actually. And what's most concerning to me as a psychologist is that oftentimes parents and medical professionals don't realize it, as you say, because we value physical activity as we should. It's really important for our health and we value eating well, again, as we should, but We don't tend to then pull back and see sort of the big picture and say, wait, is it not such a good idea if you're going to the gym for three hours and you don't Mm -hmm. have enough time to sleep or you're not getting your homework done? Or if you won't eat dessert on your birthday, Mm -hmm. that's a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Um, we we, we, I think are reluctant to see those extremes and recognize them as problematic. And most of the boys I interviewed when I was working on being you, who had actually been diagnosed with an eating disorder, they said they didn't even know really what it was or what they were experiencing and their doctor didn't and their parents didn't. And it was like, things had to get pretty bad. In most cases, before some sort of medical professional could step in and say, wait a second, this is not healthy anymore. Um, so we want to, I think, be a little more attuned to the fact that these extremes are really problematic. And you or you're a you know, 16-year-old Olympian or something. You, you shouldn't be exercising all day long. Mm-hmm. Like You should be doing other things with your time.
0: Charlotte, I really wanted to, want to talk about your book and how you came to write it. It is the most friendly book. You open it, and it's cheerful, and it's small trunk sizes, which we know is perfect for boys. Uh, It was fun to open it because we have several friends that we've interviewed on the Envoy's podcast, Una Hansen and Dr. Karen Natterson. So it was fun to see some friendly friendly faces there. Um, Tell us about this book. Yeah, so I, I
1: think your description is, you know, exactly what we were trying to do that it's all evidence-based, there's a lot of good scientific information about body image and health and mental health, but I try to sneak that in amongst fun stuff that boys are gonna be really, I hope, interested in reading. So we have um, personal narratives from boys, we have Q&A, we have some myth and misinformation debunking, Um, And I think it's really important to keep it just super accessible. You can read little bits here and there. You don't have to read it from cover to cover. Um, I love what the design team did with the the color and the, that's all other people and they deserve all the credit in the world because it's just such a amazing experience to send like this boring word document to a team of people. (laughs) And then, you know, a few months later see what they do and, You know, no one would ever buy these books I've written without
3: them looking prettier or more fun. Here's my plan. I have an advanced reading copy of the book, and I'm going to put it in the boys' bathroom upstairs. That's my plan.
0: Oh, good plan, Jen. You know, this really is a book that you can just pick up open, and there's one little blurb. There's one little box of somebody's real story. I like that you included talking about good food to eat and also about mental health. There's a big, chunky chapter on mental health in there also. Yeah. And
1: I think, you know, in my, in sort of my perfect world, I always tell parents like buy these books for kids when your kids are, you know, 10 and start reading them with them. And that's not going to work for every family, I know, or maybe your kid's already 14. um, And so that moment maybe has passed somewhat. But, you know, if you're not going to engage with them directly, I think it's fun for parents to flip through, too, because some of the questions that kids have, parents also have about these issues. And I love the strategy of leaving it in the bathroom. Or um, I always am doing this with both of my teenagers where... I just put them on their bed and, you know, they know what I'm doing because they know what I do for a living. So we joke about it, actually. But um, I left the the vagina Bible for my daughter, Jen Gunter's book when it came out. And my daughter came home and said, what are you doing, mom, again? But, you know, then she took pictures of it, sent it to all her friends. So they, they often pretend they're not interested. That doesn't mean that they don't actually open them or get something out of them. So um, my, I, I love that strategy.
3: My second son um for Christmas a year ago gave me and my husband a I think it's a 16 by 24 photograph blown up of him. Um and part of it he is holding Peggy Ornstein's Boys and Sex because that was a, another book that we did on the podcast. And I just I left laying around the house, and apparently the boys uh thought that was a bit much. And come on, mom, really. And yeah, I'll I'll show you the picture sometime, Janet. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the you show. You should put notes. that in the show notes. That's amazing. <laughs> when we're talking about boys and body image and the concern about their appearance, one place this crosses with parents is in this issue of hygiene. And I <laughs> loved a phrase in your book you use the phrase adaptive appearance investment, (laughs) which is basically, you know, it's fine to, you know, spend some time on yourself, but when it goes overboard, you know, this, this can be a problem. A lot of our Uh parents are divided between those who are like, my son will never take a shower. And then the others are, my son will never get out of the shower. (laughs) Help us Ed and Charlotte help us. Well, I'd love to hear Ed speak
1: to this as as a man, but I will say that when I was working on the section on hygiene, one of my co-authors, who's a man, um, and I actually got in a disagreement about how to interpret the literature on how often one should shower because I had very explicitly said that I thought that should be a daily occurrence. And he was suggesting that um, the dermatological research uh, suggested that it really wasn't necessary on a daily basis and that we should be a little more vague in the language. So as a parent, I'm pretty happy with pushing kids towards the shower every day and you know adaptive appearance investment is a phrase I love because I think when we talk about body image people often think that means like you just accept yourself. You're just happy with yourself and that's all you're aiming for. And you don't ever do anything to yourself. And if you do that, that's somehow maladaptive. You know, we do want kids to shower. We do want them to care a little bit. That's just sort of normal. It's it's actually kind of deviant to not care at all about your appearance or your, your hygiene. And I always use the example, like if I just showed up in my pajamas at work, like I would be more comfortable but that would be weird. Like, I don't know that they could fire me for that, but it would be weird. That's sort of an extreme, but I think it's, it's a good way to explain to kids like, listen, it's okay to care a certain amount, but this isn't the most important thing about you.
2: I, I, I love that explanation, Charlotte. And um, I, I, I have one of those boys who doesn't get out of the shower, uh, although now he's not in, he's not living at home anymore, Jen. So he's, he's taking up shower time in the California conservation Corps um fighting wildfires this year as a 19 Ooh. year old. Um but I think that that question of uh you know the, the book to me when I read it, it just had so much con- good common sense charlotte that you put in there and it helped me realize that my son you know he's in a territory where he could tip into that unhealthy approach to the the body image because he's interested in working out he's now with a bunch of young men you know on a firefighting station uh, kind of remotely and they spend a lot of time in the gym. And he, now he's taking protein supplements, and I'm trying to give him what I've learned is the research that most of that you're just peeing out. It's not even effective. You get enough right. protein in your in your general diet, and so I, I think you've helped me see that. I just want to be mindful of that, and you know, share some of him share with him your book, share some other resources, so he's uh, got some. You know, maybe he'll say I don't want to read it, Dad, but it's kind of like book in the bathroom kind of thing. Um, and one other thing I want to add is that like. I think a lot of men reading Charlotte's book uh, will benefit from it individually. Like I, I definitely kind of unearthed some of my deeper feelings around self-worth and attitudes around body image that I, you know, they were kind of deeply buried. And so I, I think, I think you might've said this early, earlier, Jen or Janet, that like, yeah, there's benefits, not just for for the boys, but for, for men as well.
3: I appreciate you sharing that about your son, Ed because it underscores the fact that we all live in this society. These messages are everywhere. And you know what, What? there is a a big tub of protein powder in the boys upstairs bathroom right now that Mm. I know the 18 year old brought home. And I know he was using for a while and we've had the same discussions, but I Mm -hmm. am one voice and it's, it's hard to be, the one voice saying this when they are surrounded by all these other ones saying, work out, take the protein powder, bulk up. It's so hard. I think it goes
0: back to, and you know, as you said, Charlotte, for some for some of you, it's a little on the later side, but this is really important going back to talking to that six-year-old boy and having those conversations early. And Jen and mm. I are always talking about all the conversations you have to have with your boys, but the earlier, the better, because this puberty is coming regardless. And this pressure to appear a certain way is out there it's not going away and so to begin to talk about it early my grandson is two and a half weeks old do you think it's too early to start
3: <laughs> i think your best chance of him listening is right now
2: i <laughs> had one other good one other question that comes to my mind about about this body image stuff that i think charlotte's book raises and Uh, and we're seeing it in the broader culture too, you know, and everywhere from the the Ukraine situation to, to our national politics, but it's about what are these muscles for? Like, why (sighs) do we want to get so bulked up? And I, because I think that can raise some questions about like,
3: good point. I mean, we don't talk about what they're for. You just want them. So they look good on Instagram,
2: right? maybe that's, and if that's enough, maybe, you know, then that can raise questions. Well, what, why that is, are you trying to be healthy? And is that healthy? But I think there's what for me is a little bit of a disconcerting rationale for a lot of guys or a lot of the pressures is to use muscles, to beat people up, that there's a, there's a domination element of masculinity that's behind some of this muscle focus. Recently, there was a, you know, a viral video about Russian troops being all Buff and and we and, and in contrast we have a female American soldier who's um, talking about her great family relationships and one of our public leaders was talking about how this was we're becoming pansies. I think it's important to challenge or question mm. like wh- what do you want these muscles for? Is it to like be healthy? Is it to is it to dominate people when because let's maybe challenge that? Is it maybe to do things to build things to be to be more capable as yeah. a as with a body? So that's a question I I think maybe we can introduce as well.
0: I love that, Ed. That is, that is gold right what there. What do you
3: want to do? What do you want to do with your life? And I'm going to bring this back. You know, I kind of made fun before, you know, pointing our boys to like the older men in their families and be like, hey, look what you have to look forward to. But the <laughs> truth of the matter is the things that, that we, most of us really want out of life, right? You want to to love and to be loved. You want to make a difference in your community. You want to contribute in some way. Yeah. All right. Maybe you're not in love with grandpa's body, but look at what grandpa has done with his life. And grandpa has a grandma in his life or, you know, like, let's talk about what is really important in life and all kinds of bodies do all kinds of different and amazing things. And Ed, you just brought it back. What is all this for? What do we want to do? I really want to do more in life than just be a picture, be an appearance. An activity I love to do with students or um, groups
1: when I speak in person is I will sometimes say, just think of people you admire, who are people that you admire. And there's always someone in the audience who will say like my mom or, you know, my grandma or my aunt or whoever. And then people will say, you know, Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King, or, you know, they'll name historical figures. And I'll say, well, why do you admire these people? And, you know, it's because they are loving, because they did something important historically, because they embody who we want to be for some reason, their qualities their characteristics. And then I'll say, well, what do they look like? And does it matter? Especially with, you know, maybe a figure like Rosa Parks. I'll say, like, what does she look like? And a lot of times, you know, I'll have an audience and people, they don't even know. No one really is sure, right? Or you kind of have like a stereotype image in your mind, But what this person looks like is just actually almost completely irrelevant and it's a message that we just have lost because we are living in such an appearance-focused culture and so much of what we're seeing is just how people look on screens and it's just really easy to think that that's all that matters And so I think, again, going back to sort of the big messages we want to get better at communicating about in our families is just, like I said, what is this all for? What is this all about? What is most important? And um, it seems like strange advice sometimes from a body image scientist to to keep trying to say, like, actually, your body isn't as important, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I study. This is what I do for a living, and yet at the end of the day, I want you to know, like this is the one of the least interesting things about you.
2: Mm -hmm. And and just to build on that, I I I just was coming across uh, the Harvard research on uh, health over seventy five years of those um, men and and people in the community. Now some women are in this too, but the, the most important thing for health and happiness is not your level of physical fitness; it's your relationships. That's what that's the main finding they have. So. And and to some extent, this body uh, obsession can actually undermine your relationships. And mm. when you're not going out for your birthday, you're not having, you know, friends because you're too busy pumping iron. So I think if we can help our kids remember and see that longer term perspective, like really build, build your muscles, but more importantly, build your friendships.
0: That is such a good ending. Jen, do you want to wrap it up?
3: I'm busy taking all of this in and thinking about how (laughs) to apply it in my life. You know, listeners, I think most of us, if we are honest, we still struggle with body image. There's very few of us that every day feel 100% confident in the bodies that we're in. So this is helpful for me to look at this reframe and to think about how I can carry this forward with my kids, how we can all carry this conversation forward. And yes, acknowledge these pressures that are out there. Be alert for the red flags, um, behaviors that you kind of want to watch that might be tipping into an unhealthy area. And then really focus on what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And who do you want in your life? And have that be the focus of our families. We can go a long way with that. And the shower time, it all works out in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Charlotte, tell us your book. It comes out, I believe it's April 7th, correct? Yes. April 7th is the big day. Order a copy of the book, put it on your kitchen table, put it in the bathroom. The boys will look at it. I promise.
1: They will. And you can find out whatever information you want from the book's webpage. It's just the body image book for and it links to order there. But if you're just still not quite sure, go ahead and look around on the webpage and there's lots of information there.
0: Awesome. And that will be in the show notes because Jen will put it there. Ed, thank you so much for being here again, a repeat guest. Of Envoys.
2: Thanks so much for having me again. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for your wisdom, for sharing your insights today. I think our boys are going to be moving a step forward with this. And as you said, Ed, men too. This is a book for everybody. I learned a lot just opening it up and scanning some pages. So, congratulations, Charlotte. I know writing a book is always a massive undertaking, and this is a brilliant really addition to supporting our boys to be grow into healthy, happy men. Thank you so much. Yay. I appreciate your, you.
1: your endorsement. It's been so fun to talk with all of you today.
0: Thank you for joining us. And don't forget about decoding your boys, less yelling, more connecting around things like body image, but also screens and video games, anger, how to get him to listen, So many topics we're covering live twice a month. Boysalive.com decode. Would love to have you join us. And as always, thank you for being our listeners. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. And most of all, thank you for raising your boys into great men.